0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 7. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there also are many other traditions they observe, the washing of cups and pots and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it, for it is from within, the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, vice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things come from within. And they defile a person, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, you lead us into your purity, the purity of your holy Spirit within us, changing our hearts, making us new and giving us power to fulfill your two commandments. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a change from where we were a couple weeks ago. No longer are we in the Old Testament. We're back into Mark. And we missed a whole bunch of John text while we were in the Old Testament so what's happened so far in Mark 6 is Jesus fed the 5,000 he walked on water and calmed the sea he landed in the land of Gennesaret. Gereznit 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 et Okay, got it? Must be a long weekend this weekend because the tongue is not working very well. And all the people of that foreign land came to Jesus bringing their sick to him. And then comes this text the Pharisees come out to meet Jesus and they criticize Jesus' disciples. Because they don't wash their hand. This is not about dirt. This is not about mother saying, Go wash your hands before eating. And the children could say, No, Jesus says that we don't have to. And mother says, I don't care what Jesus says, go wash your hands. If you expect to eat and use soap, it's not about dirt. When we're in a restaurant, we want those food handlers to wash their hands. But this is about a religious washing. The hands were dirty from working in the garden or shoveling the stable. But not only dirt, but those hands have become common, not holy. Holy. They not only need to be cleaned, they need to be purified, made holy again. In and of itself, that's a good thing. But the Pharisees were using it to set up a boundary, they were using it to say who is in, who's holy. And who is out, who's unholy. They were making groups of faithful and unfaithful people. And Jesus' disciples did not wash their hands before they ate. And they questioned it. Because were Jesus' disciples faithful to the Jewish law, or were they faithful to the Roman rule? So being pure, being holy, demonstrates a power and status within the community. If you wash and cleanse things, food, dishes, cups, hands you are a privileged people the pharisees had the resources and time to be holy those who were in poverty did not they did not have time they did not have resources and then they were named as outcast so what jesus is talking against is the privilege The isolation of privilege. The Pharisees could isolate them from themselves from people who were unclean. They didn't have to deal with them, they didn't have to be made unclean. And so Jesus says it's not what you are exposed to, it's not what you have access to, it's not what you can afford. It's what's in your heart. Do you keep things pure for yourself? Or do you keep things pure and safe for those who have no options? In the biblical understanding, the heart is the control center of mind and will. It's the heart that leads into human perversity, like in the second lesson. It's not those things that are named unpure, like food or drink. Jesus is making a strong distinction between the heart and the legal code. Jesus is not rejecting the legal code, but he notes how it has limits. The legal code, the Ten Commandments, cannot change the heart. So where is our faith? Where is our salvation? Our salvation comes from outside because inside is that big list of sins. It's God who comes from the outside and comes into us and changes our defiled insides. It's God who comes from the outside and comes into us in word and in bread. Holy communion. That's what purifies us. That's why sometimes when we have communion... We want to come back through the line a second time to get a little more Jesus. And that changes who we are. It changes our inside from being sinful to a God who is coming from within and from without. Martin Luther says... We are at the same time saints and sinners. So it's Jesus, dying on the cross, who takes away the sins. His death, his resurrection, once for all. The cure for sin is Jesus. He announces forgiveness. He destroys sin through word and sacrament and we believe that word and we trust it rather than trusting what is inside of us. So what does Jesus demand? What does he demand of his disciples? What does he demand of us? It's simple. Love God. Love our fellow human beings. It's not a long list, but it's not an easy list. He doesn't take us off the hook about obeying God's commands. He makes it harder. He makes it so hard that we are driven into God's grace. He wants us to fulfill the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. We show faith by how we live. Otherwise, it's not really faith at all. It's just lip service. So Jesus gives us a choice. Do we live a life of faith or do we live a life of religion that doesn't necessarily have faith in it? That authentic faith is what changes our hearts. It's what changes how we live. It's heart service, not lip service. Faith is about mercy and grace because we are changed. Jesus gives us only two rules love God, love your neighbor. It's simple, it's impossible, it's grace filled. It's freeing. We have a liberty in our faith that many religions do not have. We have a faith that has only two rules based upon our heart. But it comes with responsibility, that freedom. And sometimes we don't like that freedom. We would rather follow rules we would rather say who's in and who's out but that is not freedom that's not our liberty of faith gary wills writes no outcast were outcast out far enough in jesus world to make him shun them not roman collaborators not lepers not prostitutes, not the crazied, not the possessed. And so now we ask, who can be outside of his encompassing love? So the question is, who do we name as outcast? Who do we turn away from? as impure or unclean or dirty or contaminated far from God the mentally ill people who have been married many times the wealthy the poor the welfare recipient the conservative political party the liberal political party People with sicknesses that scare us like AIDS. So, the question for our heart and for our faith is do we distort God's self sacrificing love and do we turn it into a self serving elitism? What boundaries do we build? Or what boundaries by faith are we led to scatter? What do we do to stay in a community of purity? But stay in a community because of compassion. A closing thought. When God hates all the same people you hate, you can be sure that you've created God in your own image. Amen.